This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 492, Spotlight on Spider-Man Homecoming. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 492. It's our spotlight on the Spider-Man Homecoming film. I got a chance to see the movie actually uh, on Thursday, July 6th. Uh, saw this with uh, a good friend, Leonor Alana, as well as Amita Agarwal, who's also been on the podcast in the past. Unfortunately, uh, just due to time constraints and the fact that it was a, I'm going to call it a school night. It was a Thursday night. Uh, so with uh, people having to work the next day, so a regular podcasting didn't really take place, but we did have a bit of a podcast in, in the car on the way home uh, from the movie. Um, so this will be uh, that conversation. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, next episode, 494, will be um, a conversation with Tom Mackay, uh, who's been on the show in the past, as we talk about the I believe War for Planet of the Apes, which comes out, I believe, on the 14th of July. Uh, future episodes will include a conversation with Mike Martz, a conversation with J.K. Woodward, uh, Justin, Justin Ponser is going to be doing an episode. It might be after episode 500. Obviously, episode 500 itself is coming up. Uh, so, uh, some good stuff. Uh, there will be a bit of, a, I think, a week off um, at the end of July, where there won't be reviews episode for a week, and then when we come back, there'll be two weeks of reviews in one episode, and then we'll have episode 500 on August 12th. So uh, we're getting really close to that happening. It's just uh, just over a month away. Anyway, so uh, without further ado, let's jump right into uh, this conversation as uh, uh, myself and Leon discuss Spider-Man Homecoming. Enjoy. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and I'm joined by Leonor Alana as we just saw Spider-Man Homecoming. It's Thursday evening, uh, although this episode sadly will not be out until a few days later. Oh, you're going to be a bit late on it? I'm going to be a bit late. Or The last episode hasn't dropped yet, and God forbid I go out of order uh, <laughs> on episodes. But we just saw Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, so this is our, our quick little spotlight discussion uh, as we drive away from the theater. Just the two of us today uh, on the yeah, podcast. It's a small podcast. It's an intimate one. Um, there was three of us in the theater and then two of us in the podcast. And uh, I guess, what's your general impression of the film? Uh, really enjoyable. I thought it was fantastic. It was breezy? It was really lighthearted, really fun. And, you know, it was really good. So I found it interesting that we... I, I bemoaned this on previous podcasts that yeah. uh, usually Marvel Studios movies do an amazing job with their trailers not actually showing you a lot of the plot. Right. And that Spider-Man was the, the first misstep, but that's more Sony's marketing because mm-hmm. uh, it felt like they definitely showed you the story. However, I give them credit that they didn't really spoil the identity of the Vulture. That's true. That, I mean, they're... they're and now, part of me was kind of like... Part of me didn't like it only because... Every villain seems to have a personal connection. Right. However, I thought as kind of the first main villain that he's really fought, 
kind of worked for me, even though there's definitely vibes of Green Goblin. Yeah. Right? Like, the idea of, of fighting someone who's got a connection to one of your classmates. Yeah, who's the dad, who's the girl you like, Yeah, right? and that's the classic kind of Green Goblin trope, mm-hmm. but now we have that with a different villain, but it still worked for me. It worked. Uh, because I think they, they kind of built a lot to the surprise, where when it, whenever it was Harry Osborne, uh, Norman Osborn, it was very obvious where they were going with it. Yeah. But here, it wasn't obvious at all. It was very much like, oh, oh, okay, that's cool. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I felt like he was going to be someone's dad. I didn't expect it to be Liz's dad. Right. Because we saw uh, Zendaya's character of Michelle sketching throughout the film. Yeah. And at the very beginning, he has the picture of the, his child oh, yeah, yeah. dream of the fall of New right. York. So the entire time, I'm like, oh, obviously his kid has got to be Michelle. Yeah. That's just kind of what I assumed. So the fact that they kind of pulled it out and said, no, it's Liz, mm-hmm. that actually took me by surprise. Uh, I saw, you know, kind of the idea that there was a personal connection coming, but not that connection. Right. So it's still, I, I appreciated that, that, that they did not in any way spoil that in, the, in, in any of the trailers. Yeah. Because you... Come on, these days, <laughs> if it's not a Marvel Studios film, for the most part, you know every beat of the movie. Exactly. And, and for the most part, we kind of did. Um, but there were still some surprises, which I appreciate. Was. Um, the big kind of standout, obviously, is, is Ned. Oh, I loved him. He was awesome. Uh, let's, can we call him Ganky? Like, if you I want mean, to. Because, like, even I, I was listening to an interview that uh, Brian Michael Bendis did for the Ultimate, Spy, uh, Ultimate Spin podcast. And he was saying, like, he'd seen a trailer and he was like, um, I don't know, like, kind of see that familiarity. <laughs> yeah, that's like, my character. And obviously here he does get name-checked uh, in the special thanks, him and Sarah Bocelli. So those yeah. are the creators of both Miles Morales and Genki, his mm-hmm. entire kind of world. And that's of also of interest is that here we have Aaron Davis, the, the ultimate version of Beetle, right. uh, shows up. No, not Beetle, sorry, Prowler, Ultimate Prowler. Oh, that's Ultimate Prowler? Ultimate Prowler was Aaron Davis, oh, okay. and that's, uh, that's as far as I know, I... Now I'm almost thinking I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's Miles Morales' da- uh, uncle. Well, he he, he, there's Easter he says he, he, said yeah, he says he has a nephew, right? He lives so around you there. I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong there, but uh, I think that was his name. Now it's going to drive me crazy that I can't <laughs> quite remember it. But uh, but I, like, there's little Easter eggs here. Um, yeah, there's tons, like the Mac Gargan. Oh, I love Mac Gargan. I don't even know if that's really an Easter egg because I mean he's got a freaking scorpion tattoo. Yeah, that's a little bit too obvious. Yeah, that's a little on the nose, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was wondering which shocker was Herman, because we've got two shockers here. Yeah, uh, and one wearing the colors, right? Like he's wearing his outfit. Yeah, he was wearing the, the yellow. And face. I like that they make fun of the outfit. He's like, "You're wearing <laughs> like you're wearing that stupid thing." Like, <laughs> like I like that they kind of reference it. And this is how I always want a shocker to be in a movie. Yeah, is not a main main guy. And this this movie found a way to build in smaller villains that don't have to be the big guy without being something stupid or disconnected like the rhino from yeah. Spider-Man 2. We get to see other villains and but they're just part of a, a bigger thing. We got right. the tin- they're, not, they're not like shoehorned in just well, for... Exactly. We've got the Tinkerer in a very natural way. Yeah. Because uh, he's Mason, obviously. Phineas Mason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a very natural version of the Tinkerer. We get the Shocker. Two versions of them, which is more than <laughs> we even need. We got an awesome Vulture. Yeah, he's, uh, he's great. He's and awesome. everyone's kind of saying that he's kind of the, the standout MCU villain oh, in some sure. ways maybe even better than Loki and it's because they they build a lot into him they you know, flesh him out a lot they flesh him out a lot he's not a mustache twirling villain no you get a sense that he's a guy who's, he has his motivation he has his yeah, depth he's, he's got motivation that makes sense you know this guy's trying to support a family and a crew mm-hmm. of people that he views as an extended family um, you know, and, and he takes care of his own yeah and, but if you fuck with him he will accidentally kill you <laughs> which again there was a lot of humor in this mm-hmm. something horrific happens he 
but basically vaporized this guy. He did. And you you realize that he did not mean to do it. It was an accident. <laughs> he's not a total dick. He's just a guy who's very protective. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that they left him alive because, as you said, right when the movie ended, like you can count on one hand yeah, how many MCU villains always die. They almost always die. There's only been a couple, or they just pretend it never happened. Like Abomination is one where yeah. he survived, but that was kind of it. And Loki survives, but you know, oh, but his movies aren't done yet, so exactly. he, he could still <laughs> die at what uh, at Hell's hands. So uh, MCU villains don't usually survive. He survived, and he knows Spider-Man's identity. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how I felt about that. Yeah. You know, is it kind of an honor amongst these types of thing? Like, he kind of sees that him and Peter are the same. Like, why wouldn't he kind of rat on him? Like, or is it more important to kind of have that information in his pocket? I thought that was a really interesting way to go with it. Yeah. Um, were you surprised... I'm, I'm jumping all over the place. <laughs> go ahead. Were you surprised that at the end of the movie, when Tony kind of has the... Spider-Man costume That they didn't make it The full out Iron Spider costume Yeah I was hoping for that Like that they didn't Kind of go with those colors Yeah or... the yellow and gold With yeah. the, with the like, arms on the Yeah like the spider's Bigger and more exaggerated So obviously it's kind of Evoking that idea But I yeah. was kind of Surprised that they Didn't go with it Unless he kind of Wears it later In, in Infinity War And gets to use Kind of a, the extra arms But yeah. I was just I was Not that I necessarily Want that But I was like if you're ever going to do it, this is how you're going to do it, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, Tony's already built the suit for him. It's true. That's You You, you can't get closer to giving him Iron <laughs> Spider than something like that. Yeah. That was a really interesting concept. I mean, here's the thing, though. The Sokovia Accords, everyone has to sign them with their real identity. Yeah, so, in true. theory, wouldn't he have had to have... Peter would have had to register, basically. You know why I didn't think about that, yeah. Like, he pushed for the Accords. Yeah. And we they're teaching them in school. So, obviously, the Accords are around. They weren't disbanded that we know of. I mean, when, when Cap went off the grid, the Sokovia Accords were a thing. Um, so I thought that was interesting that a 15-year-old kid... I mean, Tony being irresponsible enough to let a 15-year-old kid have a suit like this, <laughs> that kind of still makes sense for his hubris and his idea yeah. of mentorship and thinking that this is the, he knows better than other people, right? Mm-hmm. But allowing him on a team where he'd have to register, I thought that was maybe more of a surprise. But right. again, a nice allusion to Civil War in the, um, in the original comics where you have him in a press conference... Uh, you know, unmasking, which obviously was not going to happen here, but similarity <laughs> is still there. It is. Uh, now the big kind of <gasps> people moment that people were gasping uh, was that we saw Pepper Potts. Yeah, we haven't seen her in, since, since when? Since Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. That was 2013. So yeah. it's been four years since we've seen her in a movie. She wasn't in Age of Ultron, although there was vague reference to the fact that where are the girls at? Yeah, they mention her all the time. But and, well, in the last movie, they definitely made it seem like that they were go- they were done. Yeah, they broke up. Yeah, like there was a very much like a, like don't talk about Pepper kind of moment like he almost felt like we can read things in which now maybe we can read them out mm-hmm. you know say that they're not actually there and that's actually an interesting undercurrent throughout the movie that I was really interested by is what is Tony up to <laughs> because like the next time we see Tony uh, barring kind of an after um, after credit sequence in Thor is, or maybe even Black Panther is the next Avengers movie Yep. So, what are the Avengers even up to, and who's on the Avengers now? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, we know it's Vision. Yeah, because uh, they mentioned him. Yeah, and like, is War Machine in active duty or not? Because obviously, he was getting the prosthesis at right. the end of uh, of Civil War, and we know most of the active Avengers took off. I mean, Hawkeye. Who else was there? Hawkeye, Black Widow. Black Widow. Actually, where is she? Because she let them escape, but she wasn't imprisoned. Well, she, I don't remember at the end. I didn't rewatch Civil War for a while. I didn't either. But the <laughs> last time we see her is basically letting Cap get away. Right. And that's it. So we don't mm-hmm. actually technically know what happened with her. 
We also don't know where Cap Shield is. Like, there's so many interesting questions. And so this movie, every time we saw Tony, I'm just like, what, what is he up to? Like, <laughs> he sold Stark to um, Avengers Tower, yep. which is interesting. It's called Avengers Tower officially, not Stark Tower anymore. So that's sold. No, nothing is left there. Mm-hmm. They have a new compound, which I guess takes over from the old compound. Yeah. Or it's... Uh, version 2.0. Version 2.0. So I, it's one of those kind of interesting kind of currents that... You know this 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 movie is taking place in an established universe, and so every time we see a glimpse of that universe, I'm just like, man, what's going on? <laughs> and also with Happy, the last time we saw him, he was injured in, Star- in uh, Iron Man three. He got blown up. He got blown up, <laughs> and he was wasn't he trying to watch Downton Abbey in uh, I think so, yeah, in, in the hospital. So it's those little touches that I'm kind of like, oh man, I want to know more about this mm-hmm. stuff, as well as obviously I want more to know more about Peter as well and and his world. What do you think about Flash Thompson being a, a very different version of a bully? Yeah, he's more of a... I liked it because they... I mean, this, and they kind of borrowed this from Miles Morales as well, is that Miles Morales goes to an academic high school. Right. Where, in his version, they actually stay there. Like, they live oh, on campus. okay. So, this very much felt like that, except for them not living on campus, because it's, it's an academic high school. Everyone there is smart. Is smart, yeah. And um, Amita, who came to the movie with us, kind of said that she felt that Peter wasn't smart enough. And I'm like, well, partially, he's not necessarily going to be out and out the absolute smartest person in the room anymore, because everyone there is kind of a genius, yeah. or, or is Academically inclined, whereas right. in a traditional high school, it's not the case. You have true. you have your burnouts, your dumbasses. Whereas here, you don't really have that. No, they're all um, they're all smart. So I like that Flash Thompson's kind of an academic jerk, but not actually smarter. Like yeah. like he thinks he's he just is. more of a dick. He's more of a dick because he he's again more social. He's more comfortable mm-hmm. talking to people. It's very he's a DJ, yeah. right? Like I, I kind of like this modern interpretation of what Flash Thompson could be. Yeah, you don't like the stereotypical like jock bully. Well, I do love the stereotype. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> And I think it serves a certain setting, but I think the fact that they updated the setting to be this kind of school it would not have made sense. Right. Um, so they adapted him for a more modern take, uh, and I actually loved him. I yeah, thought he was great. he was a great asshole. <laughs> uh, and I, again, I I loved Michelle. She was in it only here and there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about her having to be MJ. I, I mentioned this to you off podcast, yeah. but I felt that was a bit of shoehorning. It that is. It absolutely didn't have to ever be said, and I was okay with it. Like I like that she's just this other character. Right. And I like that she's got this personality and this spunk yeah, to her. she's the quirky girl. She's the quirky, you know, kind of, not badass necessarily, but, like, doesn't give a fuck. Exactly. You know, she's she's too cool for school. <laughs> um, she's, you know, this, this really cool chick. And people are like, and these people exist. They're just kind of like, you know what, I don't really need to be like this. Yeah, like, sure. when they're like, you know, you're at this party too, and she's like, am I? Like, <laughs> I love that. And, like, the, on the one hand, it's very much like, why are you just being a weird dick about it? But also, like, it gives that era of mystery mystery yeah sure and I kind of okay with that with an MJ like character Mm -hmm. because MJ in a modern context is not necessarily what she was in the 60s that we're used to her being right like she doesn't have to necessarily be in a drama program but she's a flair for the dramatic Mm -hmm. and that's definitely what we see in the character here like she's smart but she's she's aloof she's her own character and isn't that kind of what MJ is before she became a supermodel like before 1987 I would say that's kind of what MJ was (laughs) you know she was just kind of marching to her own beach and I like that we got that from her um I think what else how'd you like Tom Holland 
I like Tom Holland. Yeah, compared to the, the Toby and and I think he's much better than Toby was. Toby was always a good pre-Spider-Man Peter, mm-hmm. but the minute he was Peter, I never really bought him. He was he's too a, much of like a, a sad sack, just like a. Well, and his okay, this is really unfair, but I always found his voice was a little too high pitched. <laughs> now that being said, Tom Holland goes super high pitched. Yeah, too. but his Peter is like two to three years younger. He's fifteen. He's fifteen. Yeah. Whereas the other one was a senior, because every time we've seen Spider-Man, it was basically his graduating year. Yeah. Um, like in Spider-Man 1 Like he basically is in college By the time he actually becomes Spider-Man Like it's, Oh definitely yeah And then in Amazing Spider-Man series It was in the second one He graduates right at the beginning of the movie So we never really get to see Teen Peter no. Figuring it out Yeah um, And what I like here as well Is that you get a lot of glimpses Into the fact that Tragedy has happened mm-hmm. um, and, But we don't dwell on that It's true You know we're not dwelling on the fact First of all his parents aren't Weird secret agents And there's not some weird <laughs> Conspiracy Which always felt like There's no subway bunker Lab no, Yeah that's fucked up Like The first movie was okay It was a little bit mysterious The second yeah. was just like Fuck off Really <laughs> Like it was just a little bit Too crazy Like there has to be An everyman component yeah. To Peter And having him be Have his dad Have an underground, underground bunker Felt like it Strayed from that mm-hmm. For sure And I it's kind of weird how many how many references are there are to the fact that um, Aunt May is attractive. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't, I almost don't know how I feel about that. Like, there was the sandwich guy, yeah, the uh, Korean restaurant, yeah, guy. the restaurant guy, <laughs> and obviously like uh, like Tony has already hit on her in the, in the yeah. past. Like I felt that was almost a little too overdone. Like we get it, she's attractive now, right? Uh, she's younger, she's a little hipper. Um, <laughs> I don't know how if I needed her to find out at the end. Oh yeah, that little uh, reveal at the end and. Obviously, it's because it's Marissa Tomei that they're going to do a what the fuck moment. Yeah, because that like it that doesn't even surprise me that they would have her say that. Sure. Although they kind of you know kind of quickly fade out yeah, so they you don't actually it. hear it. Uh, it just felt a little too on the nose. Like that was because it's Marissa Tomei and not because it's Aunt May. Right. And we actually don't get a lot of Aunt May here. Like not too much. We and I think a little goes a long way for Aunt May, and uh, I think that worked. Uh, and I, I like the idea that she was smarter than she lets on. Like, mm-hmm. she knows he's been running around. Like, sure. And I guess maybe that's why they threw it at the end. You know, that, that she they, she's smarter uh, than any traditional Aunt May has right. been. She knows something's going on. So yeah, she's aware. So maybe it would be too disingenuous to not have her understand and learn. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sets you up for what you do next. However, here's my problem with that, is that we're not, we're not going to see Spider-Man 2 taking place five minutes after this. No. Because they've already kind of said that we have Avengers 3 and 4 first, of which Spider-Man makes an appearance somewhere, and then we get back to Homecoming 2. Right. Well, that's actually not called that, but <laughs> Spider-Man 2. And that movie, they've already said, is kind of supposed to be five minutes after Infinity War Part 2 or Avengers 4, so whatever you want to call it. So it's going to be like... So it's good. The time will have passed. You'll be a junior or senior in high school. Yeah. And the only problem I have with that is that you leave us with a cliffhanger. We don't actually get to see the fallout. Right. Like, it, it'll either be a flashback that feels very kind of disconnected because it's like a couple years later, or at least movie-wise, mm-hmm. like it's been a while. So I, I just found like maybe they didn't need to do that. Mm. But it is unexpected in the same way at the end of Iron Man 1, you do not expect a, a, a Tony to say, I am Iron That's Man. That's true, yeah. Right? Like So it's kind of flipping the script in that way that you think you're going to kind of go back to the status quo that you're ready for. Uh, Iron Man, again, did this, and then we don't get that. Mm. And they kind of flip it at the end, which is a bit of a... a now, in Iron Man's defense, like they kind of immediately showed us a little bit of what happened in Iron Man 2 right? Right. we have that press conference and then you flash forward and we never really get to see the fallout of that right so I guess they're kind of doing the same thing twice <laughs> and you know there is a formula there are things they like to do mm-hmm. and I guess that makes sense um yeah no, I, I, it was a very enjoyable movie was there any scenes that you really uh, really loved 
Um, well, actually, I will say one thing that bugged me a little is I think they went a little bit overboard on the suit. Oh, with, like, all the gimmicks and the yeah. AI inside? No, I do like that it was Jennifer Connelly doing the voice. Oh, was it? No, do you get why that's funny? No. Her husband is Paul Bettany, who's the voice of Jennifer. Oh! <laughs> so I thought, I thought that was kind of funny. Is, Some, is she the voice of Friday? No. Too? Oh, no. Someone else is the voice of Friday. Mm. Uh, but no, so I like that kind of, that Karen... Is, is the voice of his AI for that reason. But I I think it takes a little bit away from with him. With the when spider it, drone. And, no, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Actually, that was very much felt like, you know, would we necessarily have seen that if we hadn't seen Superior kind of doing that kind of stuff? Right. Because Superior Spider-Man did all sorts of shit like sure, that. Sure, he like had little spider Like, when, the minute I saw that, I'm like, I got a hero click of you. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that's what it felt like. So I'm okay with the spider drone because it feels very mm-hmm. Iron Man-like mm-hmm. and it makes sense if he's using an Iron Man design suit. Um, the part where I thought it diminished Peter for me was the fact that all the web combinations. I want Peter to oh, figure that stuff out. Oh, want him to discover that stuff. Yeah. The like, impact webbing and the Exactly. I mean, like, in the comics now, he's got tons of webbing as part of his... But his, it's not Tony's. But he designed it all yeah. as, as kind of a Tony Stark-like character. <laughs> uh, and so I thought I, I would have liked to see him expand more on that right. as opposed to Tony's suit because Tony didn't design the webbing. That was no, Peter. It um, so how does the suit know how to do some of this stuff? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. And it almost made him too technologically advanced, but it makes sense in an Iron Man world that he would have that. So I'm sure. very flip-flopping on... Especially if Tony designed the suit, right? Yeah. And so I, I, I'm very flip-flopping on how I feel about it. Because like, I, as much as I like that he's got these upgrades, um, I kind of wish that he designed more of them. Mm-hmm. Or that he was more responsible for it. And that, that kind of goes to Amita's point that is he necessarily a smart enough Spider-Man? Right. That being said, Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man was kind of stupid. <laughs> he was like, pretty like, He had some science in him. Obviously in Spider-Man 2 we saw him doing more science and understanding things and talking mm-hmm. to Dr. Octavius. So there was definitely an, an idea that he understood science. Right. But he also didn't have to design web shooters. No. Like, we never really got to see him be smart. Um, I guess the one thing that the other two Spider-Mans have over Tom Holland's is they're better seamstresses. <laughs> well, even Garfield didn't make the webbing, right? Wasn't that Norman Osborn's formula? Uh, I guess, yeah. Cause he didn't you order those, cap- those capsules online or whatever? Yeah, I guess he did kind of... But he designed how to do the shooter. more with it. He designed the shooter and kind of worked with the how, yeah. how it worked. But you're right. He didn't completely design it. No. But but he was definitely behind part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this Spider-Man is a lot smarter, but we don't actually necessarily get to see him do a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that they gave him the man in the chair. Yeah. Um, which I was surprised they didn't mention like this is what people do on TV shows that are superheroes yeah. because like Arrow oh. Flash they all have someone in the yeah, chair they like, do actually Supergirl has the exact same thing like everyone and I from a uh, storytelling perspective when you can't have internal narration it makes complete sense you need someone to bounce it off of right so I thought that was something that we got to see here that we didn't get to see in any of the other movies is Spider-Man really being able to talk things through with someone else mm-hmm. uh, and I like that um, it, it takes over the internal narration. The only problem is that, and I come across this a lot in the Flash TV series, is that Barry seems dumber because he needs someone to talk to, who ends up usually just telling him, run, Barry, run, which is kind of like, <laughs> duh. But then it feels like they kind of take over on how to figuring out how to do things. How to problem solve. What I liked here is that Peter still got to do the problem solving. Right. So the man in the chair helped him with getting places. Yeah. And even the system, um, the, uh, the Karen um, AI, helped him get somewhere, but it didn't tell him how to do it. No. Like, he still had to kind of figure it out on his own. Um, so I like that. And th- there was, again, a ton of humor in this movie. Um, I like that there is a damage control, uh, <laughs> that it exists, and that it's something that kind of Stark was behind, and it makes complete sense that they would have to create that. The only thing that bugged me about that is, and this is something that has never been well... Ex- 
ever since they spin off, spun off S.H.I.E.L.D. into its own TV series, mm-hmm. and then they dismantled S.H.I.E.L.D., and then you had the Helicarriers come out of nowhere in Age of Ultron. Right. We don't really know what the status of S.H.I.E.L.D. is. I haven't watched the TV series in a couple of years, but for a while it was supposed to be kind of an underground system that was mm-hmm. kind of re- being rebooted. My problem with that is that that's, in theory, where all of the damage control stuff would have gone. Oh, yeah. You know, like, and, like, originally it would have been into that... Uh, at the beginning of the movie, we see the aftermath of New York. It was S.H.I.E.L.D. doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of felt weird that it was ever subcontracted to anyone else. Exactly. And that they didn't explicitly say that it was S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those weird moments where, like, all you had to say was, this is sh- a S.H.I.E.L.D. operation. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, got it. Because they still existed at that point. Mm-hmm. And maybe one of the reasons they didn't is because it doesn't exist anymore. They don't want people to be confused. They don't confuse the uh, Yeah, but it's clear when this is supposed to take place. So right. it's, just, it's one of those things where, if they just said it, I'd feel better. <laughs> uh, it's one of those weird anomalies like Iron Man 3 where there's no mention of S.H.I.E.L.D. that hadn't been dismantled yet. And yet you have the president being kidnapped and there was never a mention of S.H.I.E.L.D. You mm-hmm. have all this crazy shit happening, no mention of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I've always wondered, like, in the official chronology, could it maybe take place after... You know, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Because that's the only way to make that make sense to me. Right. Now, this is the crazy nitpicker comic book fan in me wanting to understand the chronology <laughs> and continuity. You want to make it fit. Yeah, but like, but usually they're so good about this stuff right. that that's why it bugs me when it doesn't quite fit. Mm-hmm. Um, that it should have been S.H.I.E.L.D. at some point. So, and at some point, Damage Control ends up harboring all this stuff on their own because I guess S.H.I.E.L.D. isn't a real organization anymore. Mm-hmm. Which, again, makes sense. And, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things. <laughs> you know what scene I loved? The intro with the uh, with him recording the documentary. The only thing that bugged me that is that it bugged me that he still had the camera when he was in Germany. Actually, oh, fighting. when he was fighting, yeah, yeah, but that's funny though. It was funny. But I'm look, gonna take on Giant Man now. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that part bugged me more because there's one thing when he's like looking at like the showdown. He's like, oh yeah. shit, like yeah, I mean, yeah. that's kind of cool and funny. I'm like, all right, I'll forgive it. But then the fact that he grabs it in the middle of the fight, <laughs> I'm like, fuck off. Like, like I don't. It's hard to really see where that took place. Yeah. Uh, it's a funny move, and obviously it establishes the tone right from the beginning. Right. Uh, it's interesting because we kind of get two intros to this movie, right? Because you yeah. have the original intro with the vulture, and then you have the actual intro with the, you know, the Peter, Par- the film by Peter Parker, the film by Peter Parker, which is funny. And uh, again, it was nice to see Happy Hogan again. It's nice to yeah. see Pepper Potts again. Uh, no other real characters besides, again, the interesting cameo- cameos Just like the Captain name America. drops and the Easter eggs. When did Captain America have time to record all this PS- PSAs? <laughs> you know, like obviously it's after he starts wearing his suit again. Yeah, which. Really, I guess he started wearing in Avengers. That right? was the Avengers one suit. Yeah, well, it was the Avengers one suit, but like we also never really saw like what was he doing right before the Avengers movie kind of happened. Like he got introduced to the to the Helicarrier and everything, but yeah. like at what point was he kind of publicly Captain America again? Right. Did we ever get to see that anywhere? I don't think so. It must have taken place after the invasion, though. You think so? Well, because he got the suit from uh, from this what's the shield guy, Agent Coulson. The shoot, did he give him the suit at that in point? the movie? Because oh, I designed yeah. this for you. I'm so I guess it has to be after. Yeah. But I'm just like, had they announced that Steve Rogers is even back from the dead yet? Uh, I don't think so. Well, it's not public. Not that we know, right? Because right. obviously, but when Captain America was saving people in Avengers One, I don't think they were surprised that it was Captain America. Like, mm-hmm. They felt like they knew him. Oh, didn't but, it? Because even because even like the, the the waitress is like Captain America saved me. So well, that's like, true, you're right. You know, yeah. like, so, anyway, it doesn't really matter. I guess it's a stupid <laughs> nitpick. Forget I even mentioned it, but I love the PSAs, and I love that that's the final stinger. Right. Because that felt, again, like a very meta commentary, yeah. but also very fitting with what we'd seen him do throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was hilarious. It was great. And uh, now the, the, the stinger with um, uh, Vulture and Scorpion, yeah, I could have taken it a little yeah. left it. Like, I... 
I don't know if it really added anything. Not really. Uh, the only thing that would have been, I think, cooler, just from a world-building perspective, but is impossible, I would have loved to see the Kingpin. In, uh, prison. in prison again. The D'Ofrio from Netflix? Yeah. That'd be great, wouldn't but it? He, he is still in prison, isn't he? I think so, I yeah. can't even remember where Daredevil 2 left off. I gotta remember you watched that, Because he, he was in there, right? Because <laughs> right? he was in there when... Because when, uh, he was kind of running the place when... when uh, yeah, he was up. the boss. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he's still in prison. Mm-hmm. So it would have been kind of cool to see him, just for a moment. Just to establish yeah. in the same kind of area. Mm-hmm. But we didn't. That's okay. Um, I did like this that they have an in-universe explanation for the uh, web under the arms. Oh, yeah. It's that's like an air that's glider. A, that's a classic look, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm glad that they we finally got to see that in a Spider-Man movie. Uh, I'm trying to think. And the Spider Tracers makes sense that it's yep. a Tony Stark kind of thing yeah. and not a Peter thing because that's the thing in the comics where they're very nebulous in how it works mm-hmm. sometimes he actually has like a tracer sometimes he's it's he uses the spider sense the to follow it yeah it's spider sense <laughs> so it's one of those things where like it makes a lot more sense to just make it technology yeah, it's making a GPS yeah exactly and I like that he kind of used it mm-hmm. um I love I love every scene with the vulture. Like he just felt very yeah. Michael Keaton was awesome. He was awesome. He had a great presence. I loved the the kind of the bomber jacket, like kind of fur look. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and, he, and he just felt like vulture. Like mm-hmm. he's not as old, obviously, but um, like everything he kind of did still fall right. And like his whole mo was scavenging at at other things. Sure, like, yeah, you know, and it just felt very very accurate. And uh, he's always kind of been that character to kind of he's just stealing stuff that's all he wants to do he's stealing stuff from convoys you know like he's never really had much more of. he's not really like a crime boss he's just like a no he's just kind of a guy out for himself and that's really all he was here like he wasn't really trying to do anything crazy he was just trying to steal tax so he could sell it to make money exactly and uh, you know and he he kind of damned the consequences it's all about what's going to be best for my family my Mm -hmm. extended family which is this his business cronies and where did Tinkerer go at the end like he's still free right he's fine yeah yeah, he's out, he's out in the wind, and I guess technically so is the shocker, right? Yeah, he got, he got away. Because he, uh, or he got hit by something. Like they webbed him. They webbed him and they left him. Well, I guess, so I guess technically he's probably arrested mm-hmm. then. Yeah. Um, so he got arrested. So that's interesting. So I'm just trying to think. And, and the Prowler is still out there. The Prowler? Well, sorry, uh, Aaron Davis. Oh, Ultimate Prowler. I think it's Ultimate Prowler. It's going to... I'm so gonna check it afterwards and be like, oh man, I'm they should name a Hobie, and then it'd have been fine. Hobie Brown, yeah, he has no, he doesn't have a nephew named. Uh, oh, it's okay, <laughs> but, yeah, but no, it was, uh, it was very, very cool. Uh, any last thoughts? Let's uh, let's cut this off. Uh, yeah, you should go watch it. It's fantastic. It's very good. I love it. Yeah, it's such a yeah. It's interesting. Sony, Sony, and MCU kind mm-hmm. of birthed the weird little thing. Sony just kind of I think they just stood aside and let Marvel do their thing and yeah. it worked it was a great movie and again it had a very much like I liked when he was not Spider-Man as much as he was yeah, he was great as Peter I liked him at high you school know? Yeah, doing was, his own thing it was fun and entertaining and again like seeing um, Ned with the uh, Spider-Man mask on is awesome. that was great <laughs> you know and and Again, I guess it's because, like, you know, in, um, Marvel Studios is obviously its connection through Disney. Of course, you have product placement for of course, Star Wars. You need Palpatine, Palpatine on there. Right? <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. And, like, and I was trying to think, like, if that's supposed to be some sort of meta commentary or anything, but I don't think it is. No. But it's just kind of an interesting kind of subplot to kind of keep going mm-hmm. as well. And, uh, no, and again, the movie was breezy. It moved quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't too yeah, serious. Great pacing. Yeah, it wasn't too serious. Like, even the scene scenes with Peter and um, the Vulture weren't too serious. Like, they were no. serious enough mm-hmm. uh, to, you know, establish a certain level of menace and, and you definitely felt like that. Like yeah. when, when uh, Vulture's just sitting, like I like that they're just having a conversation in the car, right? <laughs> He's just like, I'll kill you. Like, I'll yeah. kill you. You know, I'll kill you all the people you love. Like, it was just, 
there's an intimacy to that because and even when he confronts them later like there's an intimacy between the two men that felt like it wasn't just your your standard monologuing mm-hmm. it felt very natural and that even with uh, when the Vulture and Spider-Man are having the conversation in the warehouse he's just stalling them like I love that like, yeah. and actually we almost didn't touch on the fact that of course there's rubble mm. where Spider-Man's under the rubble oh the classic Spider-Man scene where he uh, he has to believe in himself to lift all that and this is probably the best way we've seen it because we've, we've seen aspects of it right. in kind of all the films right this was like lifted right straight from that panel pretty, pretty direct from rubble. it you know like he, he's he's trapped and he has to you know summon the strength to actually be able to get himself out of the situation mm-hmm. and throw everything off and I thought that was powerful it was like, great was, again the whole idea of the film is you know do it's about growing up right yeah. like, it's about you know he's he wants to be an Avenger, and, and I, li- I love that idea that by the end of the movie, they're like, okay, you can be an Avenger now, and he's like, no, I'm, I'm kind of good where I am, yeah. which is cool, and the next time we see him, he's going to be fighting against the, you know, <laughs> fucking Thanos. <laughs> Thanos with a gauntlet. Yeah, like, that's pretty fucking huge up there. Yeah. But again, I like that, and that's kind of in keeping with the MCU, is that they kind of zig what he expects in the zag. Yeah. So uh, when, I, when I say that, I'm referencing Iron Man 2, because at the end, you have the uh, Avengers Initiative, and they're like, mm-hmm. no, you're, you're out. Yeah. Tony, you're out, but maybe Iron Man's in. <laughs> and you're like, how the fuck are they going yeah, to reconcile this with the Avengers movie? And then in the Avengers movie, they're just kind of, they figure it out. They they figure out a way, but I like that they kind of, they don't end the way you expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I like that, you know, Spider-Man's just, he's still a kid. Mm-hmm. Still ready to do his thing. Still a kid uh, in high school. Still a kid in high school, and now his aunt knows who he is. And <laughs> again, I'm really not sure how I feel about that. Yeah. You know, just because that's such a trope. And again, I, I have to give them credit for flipping the script, not going with what you expect, and actually potentially her knowing the secret, unless he comes up with some sort of excuse. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, that, it definitely threw me for a curve. I, did you see that coming? I didn't yeah. see that. No. So two surprises. Mm-hmm. Did you see Vulture coming as as the as Liz's dad? No, I, I didn't follow any uh, no? pre-production stuff. Though. Well, me either. I didn't know Okay, that. perfect. Again, I, I didn't know that she... That I, I kind of figured because of the hints throughout the movie that there was going to be some sort of connection because mm-hmm. we knew we had a family and it seemed like delicate enough that there was a reason why they were kind of dancing around. Right. Um, it was very interesting. It was great. Yeah, I, again, I, I didn't expect it to be... Liz's dad, <laughs> just because Liz is Liz Allen to me. Right? That's what that's who I thought it was the entire movie. Well, and I and they don't. Know, I mean, I guess she's Liz Toombs. She's right? Liz Toombs. But uh, oh, I should mention. So um, we got a young Betty Brandt. Did we? Yes, we did. She was one, she was uh, on the uh, TV. Uh, oh, she was, she, was, she was the co-reporter. So that that one, I'm kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that, just because I love Betty as being. Did she have of, black hair in the comics? Yeah. Well, okay. who cares? She's, it's a different <laughs> haircut. I mean, it's a hair color. It doesn't really matter. But um, it's one of those things where, like, she's just. I'm so used to her being entrenched and part of the Jameson storyline. Right. That seeing her here was a little bit weird for me. Right. Plus, I'm used to her being the older woman. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of subtext there because she's supposed to be kind of. The older woman that Peter first dates before he dates anyone kind of right. age. Not a lot older, but just a, a couple of years. So that was a little bit weird. Um, Jason is uh, the co-host of the uh, the, t- the TV program at their school. Right. Uh, he's actually in um, Untold Tales of Spider-Man. He was a main character there. Oh, okay. So I like that they're kind of bringing it back to those mm-hmm. types of things. Uh, Liz, uh, in the comics, of course, was the first kind of main female character that was ever really around Spider-Man besides Betty Brandt. Uh, It was revealed uh, when he graduated high school that she had a crush on him and she disappeared from the book for like 
150 issues, wow. like a super long time, and then she comes back and dates Harry and gets married. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so it's interesting. So I guess this isn't the actual list. No, maybe there could be another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't need another. Were list you that. glad that they didn't do the whole uh, Harry as his friend? Yes, I was. Uh, just because we, you don't want to overpopulate the universe. Right. And again, when you overpopulate with things that people are used to from yeah. other films, I'm glad that we're seeing characters that we've never seen before. We've never seen the Vulture. We've never no. seen the Shocker. No. Um, even a character like Ned. Ganky. Ganky, you know, whatever. We've never seen those characters anywhere. Mm-hmm. So it, there's a freshness to it. Um, even though, you know, certain aspects are, are, are familiar, uh, there's a lot that we've never quite seen, So I li- which I like. Um, yeah, no Harry. That's, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I think it's almost impossible to do a, a Green Goblin in this universe because we've already had the dad of a, of a classmate as right. a villain. And plus, we've already seen the Goblin. In, yeah. In th- th- four different movies, depending on how you want to look at it, because mm-hmm. he was obviously a presence throughout the first trilogy. Yeah. And then he was shoehorned into the second one. So exactly. the last thing you kind of want is a goblin. You kind of yeah. want him to see anyone else. Yeah, they kind of ruined the goblin. You can't use him for quite a while. Now, the rumors about uh, the second Spider-Man is that, and I can't remember if they've actually said which superhero it's going to be, and I now I feel out of the loop on my own. Uh, on my own. <laughs> but that um, you're gonna, they're going to have a new Marvel hero in the next movie. Oh, really? And that it might be Spider-Man being more the mentor. Oh, really? Which we've seen before in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon series. I don't know if you've ever watched it. No. Because he kind of works with and helps mentor... Um, I mean, they're all kind of learning together, but Power Man, Iron Fist, who obviously are already elsewhere, mm-hmm. and Nova, Sam Alexander, who don't have in the co- in, in the Marvel Universe yet. So that'd be interesting if we got a new Nova and mm-hmm. we shoot, put him into a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. Sure, why not? I mean, he's different enough and it'd be something different or maybe a more street level. Like. Sure, as long as he's sparingly like the way they use Tony. Well, or, or again, it's kind of like Marvel team-up, you know? Like, yeah. I'm okay with Spider-Man taking on a different role. I mean, that's one of the things that made Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man as a TV show different is that you got to see Spider-Man doing things he wouldn't normally do. Mm-hmm. Teaming up with people he wouldn't normally team up with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They, they have to take risks, right, and do different <laughs> things. And uh, I like to hear he was the mentor, uh, the mentee, and seeing him as the mentor would be a natural extension. Especially, we don't know what kind of weird shit's going to happen in Avengers three and four. Oh, we have no idea. I mean, everyone could die. A lot of people might. I mean, that happened in Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Like, and then they came back because it's an Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> but uh, so it'd be cool, kind of cool to see what they go. Mm-hmm. So next major Marvel movie we've got is Thor. Looks great. Which, so far, it looks great. Uh, I love I'm, that trailer. I'm wondering how I'm going to explain Hulk being there. Yeah, what's he doing there? I don't know. Because, <laughs> like, he took a pod in, Rage of, in Age of Ultron, and then he disappeared, and they, they don't know where he is. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating only because everything that happened in Civil War, like, again, we know Thor, like, actually left, like, this realm. But mm-hmm. Hulk is technically out there, so I'm surprised that no one kind of went looking for him. Right. Especially fucking Thunderbolt Ross. Because he was in Civil War. He was. It just felt like a weird use of... Anyway, I'm not getting off Do you off think they'll make him red? Eventually? Red Hulk? No, I don't think they'll make no, him No, you don't see Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. No. We already didn't get to see Grey Hulk. That's true. I wanted to see Grey. You want to see Grey Hulk? I did. Uh, well, I mean, yes and no. There's no precedent for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, if... Unless they were going to do kind of a smart-ass Hulk, um, which would be kind of cool, that we've never really seen a Hulk in full possession. He barely talks, yeah. Yeah, so, like, I, I, I'd be up for seeing a smarter Hulk. And maybe we'll get some of that in in, uh, in Thor. Like, oh, you know, think he'll be more... Uh, more? Well, I mean, the trailers don't make, 
make it look like that. Yeah. But it could be. Sure. I mean, we don't know. And then after that, we've got Black Panther, which looks fucking awesome. Yeah, it looks great, too. Every time I watch that trailer, I'm just like, yes. I'm so <laughs> in. Like, I don't, I don't know the song that they put in there, but mm-hmm. that song hypes me up every time I watch it. I'm just yeah. like, yes. You're I'm, all in. I want to watch this movie now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, we have Avengers. Like, it's fucking... It's, only, it's less than a year away. It's coming, eh? It's so huge. Like, I don't even know what this is. It's the culmination of 10 years of uh, Marvel movies, I know. And the big thing they've said is that, like, it's its own movie, and it's not necessarily leading in directly to Avengers 4, but at the same time it does. Mm -hmm. Like, it's both, like, it's not, like, a part one and part two, but it's obviously very closely connected. Right. So I'm really fascinated on how they're going to work that, what kind of narrative Mm -hmm. structure there's going to be. Man, like, Marvel's just... And what the hell is the MCU going to look like after that? It might be different. It might be a lot different. Do you think they'll ever kill Tony? Well, like as an actor, he has a movie contract, right? He's up, though. Oh, yeah? I'm pretty sure he's done so many appearances that I think he's nearing his kind of quota. So you never know. Like, he re-upped at one point, but, like, I, I feel would like... Would they recast, or would this Tony as Robert Downey Jr.? I don't know. Well, I think maybe one way out, um, and we've kind of seen this... Young Tony? No. Well, fuck, I don't want that. I don't, I'm fucking kidding. <laughs> you know, I'm de-aged after no, he I'm, gets uh, I'm resurrected? Okay. I'm okay. Anymore? Well... Okay, so in the comics right now, Tony is, for all intents and purposes, kind of dead. but like, brain dead. But now he's got an AI. So, oh, okay. So they're basically using an artificial intelligence as Tony as a stand-in. Mm-hmm. And often it'll pro- project, like, a hologram. It's comic book logic, right? So, like, <laughs> it's like, where is this emitter? Like, who knows, right? But, but that's kind of how they're getting around it. Even sometimes you see an Iron Man suit, but then you see a holographic face of Tony. And it's just his AI, though. Oh, okay. So it's actually quite interesting. Um, so that, so I mean, is that kind of a blueprint for what they would do in an MCU? Yes. Who knows? Where you'd still have to pay him, but mm-hmm. maybe he's just a voice. You know, mm-hmm. maybe you don't actually have to see him. Uh, and for voice work, maybe you can you know argue him down. And <laughs> well, and also like he doesn't have to do as much work. Sure, like, exactly. He, just, he goes in. I mean, I don't know how much work Vin Diesel really has to do for his role. It's <laughs> fucking Groot. Like, Says I'm Groot ten times in many did. different languages. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure. Doesn't he do all the different languages? Does he? I don't know. I, That'd I, be great I, if he did. I feel like he does for certain languages because like I feel like like he, he obviously has had to say it a lot, but. The amount of hours he's had to put into those movies is probably a lot less. Yeah. I, um, let's be fair. <laughs> Anyways, okay. So, how many uh, web shooter or webs? Uh, I gotta give this uh, easily a nine point five. Nine point five? Yeah, I give it like a nine. It was great. Nine, nine and a half. It was, it was, it was really enjoyable. And I think the big thing is that it feels very rewatchable. Sure. You know, there's a lot of movies where you kind of get out of them and you're like, nah, I don't really need to see that right away. Yeah. Um, actually, this has been a good year for that for the most part. Like, I. It's gonna sound stupid. After I saw Power Rangers, it's kind of like, I'd see that again. Um, <laughs> Guardians 2, I was kind of like, I'll see it again, but I'm not in any hurry. No. Like, I liked it, don't get me yeah. wrong, but like, it definitely felt like I didn't need to see it right away. And Logan? Uh, okay, Logan, I was like, I don't know if I can watch this right away or watch this again. Mm-hmm. And then I've been watching pieces of it over and over again. So, <laughs> I, so it ended up being a lot more watchable than I thought yeah. it was. Because it, it kind of sucks you in. But I think that movie is patchy. I think that there's parts of the movie where it is slower, which mm-hmm. you know, the first time around is perfect because it's just the the tone they're going for right but then when you rewatch it you're kind of like well let's, let's get it moving like it, yeah you know it's, it's different on a rewatch um wonder woman definitely want to watch again mm-hmm. uh once i saw it the first time I'm like i definitely see that again uh the third act falls off right at the very end but yeah. for the most part that movie has again charisma and it has a certain sense of fun which is weird considering it's a world war one movie well it's easily the best dc movie so far is that hard 
<laughs> the bar is pretty low. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, although I do think that people gloss over Man of Steel because I think it's a lot better than people give it credit for. Okay, yeah. And there's disaster porn at the end. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I still think Man of Steel is an enjoyable film. It gets certain things wrong, hugely. Like, Puck Hint? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> that just never feels right. But for the most part, I think that movie does a lot that we never got to see in a Superman movie mm-hmm. before. Superman punches people. Yep. And when he punched, it definitely felt like this was a cool fight. The only problem, though, is that when you do a movie, your first movie with Superman, and he's fighting against a fucking Kryptonian, it makes it hard in any other movie for him not to be fighting a Kryptonian. Yeah. What I mean by that is, like, how is Batman not dead? Like, <laughs> Just because, like, after everything you see him go through to fight a Kryptonian, you see how crazy powerful he can be basically kind of destroying a city as he's having a fight mm-hmm. but seeing him not do that again is kind of weird yeah you know like you establish such high power levels that's always the problem with Superman right like you have to be able to come up with threats that he's able to take on that otherwise it's too easy that, yeah but if you establish that he can hang at such a high level all the time then it makes it hard to believe that anyone else can ever be a threat mm-hmm. so you'll, you kind of have to go the John Byrne route and kind of you know give him people that don't make him stupid powerful right. make him just Pretty powerful. Just, uh, and Man of Steel didn't pull back mm-hmm. because you got to let him go up against a full strength Kryptonian. <laughs> like uh, so. Anyway, I have uh, I've derailed myself. Uh, yeah. So I get. It. I get it. We ended up talking about Superman and a Spider Man. I don't know what the dude. I, I'm pretty sure like this will be like 10 percent about Spider Man, 25 percent about the MCU, and then like weird DCU conversations. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, and then so we got a lot of movies to look forward to. And then obviously next year we also have uh, the next Deadpool movie. Uh, Isn't there New Mutants? And new like, Mutants. There's like two Fox X Men movies, Phoenix, or just Phoenix? I don't even know. I, what it's yeah, called. there's like two X Men, Deadpool. There's yeah. like two DC. Uh, DC has what? They have uh, fuck. I don't even know what's coming out next year for DC. Isn't that terrible? Isn't it Shazam or no? I think Aquaman they're working on, but I don't know Aquaman? when it actually releases. It might be next year. I think it's Justice League Two. Batman got pushed back, right? Yeah, yeah. but like we're having two Justice League movies. I don't know when Justice League 2 is. I don't know if it's 2019 or or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aquaman, so have you seen the pictures? Fuck, I don't know, I'm doing it again. <laughs> have you seen the pictures of Mira, but from Aquaman? No. Okay, they're gorgeous pictures because there's fucking color in her costume. Oh, like she... Every shot you've seen in Zack Snyder's, well, sorry, Zack Snyder slash Joss Whedon's um, mm-hmm. uh, Justice League, she just is, it's very, it's, it's, it's the color palette of, of Zack Snyder movies. Right. Very dark. Um, very, very, very muted, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just such a difference. Like she, like her hair looks so bright red. She's wearing like this kind of cool aquamarine costume. It's like that's Mira, mm-hmm. not this other one that we're seeing in, in Justice League. Uh, Justice League again is going to be an interesting movie to see because you know it's very much a Zack Snyder film, but finished by Joss Whedon, right. who also had his fingerprints kind of working in there as well. Sure, that'd be interesting to see. Um, I'm not going to rag on Zack Snyder anymore because obviously <laughs> he's gone through a lot recently. So, mm-hmm. uh, but interesting to see what that movie looks like. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I mean, Wonder Woman was so good. Have you seen Wonder Woman yet? Uh, not yet. No. <laughs> oh my goodness. What is wrong with you? I missed the window. Yeah, you can still see it. It's still in theaters. Uh, we'll see. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us for this extended. Well, not even extended by movie podcast episodes, but <laughs> in terms of two guys sitting in a car, very extended yep. podcast about Spider-Man Homecoming. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, read and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Uh, next week's episode, we'll be talking about uh, the Dawn for... No, not Dawn, sorry. Uh, is it Battle... War for Plan- War for the Planet of the Apes, I think is what it's called. Right? War, yeah. Yeah. It's so weird that the first one was Rise, then <laughs> Rise, it's Dawn. Then Dawn. It should have been Dawn, then Rise, mm-hmm. but whatever. 
Uh, so next uh, week we'll be talking about the new Planet of the Apes movie. That'll be me and Todd McKay. Or Mackay, sorry. Uh, we'll be sitting down. Oh, it's another Todd. small podcast. It's another small mm-hmm. podcast. This time it'll at least be indoors. <laughs> in, in a house, not in a car. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll be talking about that next week as we get closer and closer to episode 500. Ooh. Yeah, August 12th is very close. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening to us. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Take care.